We don't want a bank. We want financial freedom. That's why we rewired the American financial system. So your money can work as hard as you do. For your first home. For his degree. For her future. That's what we're chasing together. All in one act. Seven million strong from Main Street to Wall Street. Money Lion. Here we roar. into the Samsung micro LED AKTVs. So the obviously CES, the years prior to me going uh, to, prior to 2018 was all about, every time I think about consumer electronics, it's all about the televisions. LG yes. <laughs> with their TVs, Panasonic, Hisense, now Samsung. Samsung has their micro LED AKTVs. And Samsung's world is all about the AK micro LED TVs now, which brings in more true depth color and picture. Is the world ready for AK television? Here, here's what I tell people. Uh, and, and I think Apple does a really good job of communicating this. People used to think that pixel density was only important if it's a portable device because we're, we sit very close to desktop computers or laptops, even closer to things like a phone and even closer to things like a smartwatch. Yes. And so pixel density becomes really important because you're, you're right on top of these displays. You're staring at them with your eyes. And the last thing you want to look at is a blurry screen. Yes. So pixel yeah. density was often thought to be reserved for portable devices. That's where it was important. And when we hit 4K, people started to realize wow, you know, I can't distinguish individual pixels from where I sit on my couch. That's a clear screen. Yes. And indeed. so you, you, you reach this, this, this plateau, uh, so to speak, and maybe that's not the best word for it, but that's no. what's coming to my mind right now where 4k is good enough for most people. And not only good enough, it's, it's at a point where they, from where they sit on their couch, they can't distinguish individual pixels. It's did the you clearest see, display they've ever seen. Did you see that image I sent to you, Brom, of that AK micro LED TV, that AK, where yes. I took that video, how clear that picture is, or that mm -hmm. image or video is? I My eyes were just like, okay, eyes, adjust now, because this is, <laughs> I've never seen picture quality that so clear it, in my life. And, but that's the thing we get to see. Yes. And people want us to get up close and personal with these displays. They, they say, come here look at it, get as close as you can to it. Can you see the pixels? We're not doing that in our living room or sitting on the couch uh, yeah. watching TV. And, you know, once you reach the certain point, 4k, right. Everything is going to look clear from a distance. Yes. It's the only thing I can imagine 8k being great for is again, portable devices, or if I'm going to sit closer to my television, where the real breakthroughs happen are, are uh, color accuracy, yes. uh, the sort of the depth of field that we see in these TVs. And I think personally, Sony is overshadowing uh, a Samsung this year. Yes. Uh, with, with, their with their quantum dot televisions. And yeah, let's touch on that now. 
Yeah, yes. these may only be 4K. Yes. But what's special about Quantum Dot and Sony's beaten Samsung to the punch on this? Yes. Is they've removed that polarizing layer that OLED screens have have had to use in the past. Mm-hmm. And what happens is is in order to deliver the insanely accurate color uh, color accuracy and saturation that you get from OLED. Um, they have to use this polarizing layer and it reflects, it refracts light in, in certain ways. We don't need to get down to the technology, right? but by removing that, you get a picture that's not only clearer, but it's brighter. So you get to under, you get to benefit from all of the, the color accuracy and, and vibrance of OLED without having to deal with the drawbacks, like reduced brightness which, which has been a thing on phones. It's been a thing on tablets for years. Yes. OLED is great. The color accuracy is amazing, but it's not very bright. And that's where mini and micro led are stepping in. And so resolutions aren't as important as things like color accuracy. Yes. And, and I think that's, that's where the consumers are going to start to understand. It's not about having a pixel dense TV, it's about having a color accurate television. And I agree with that because that is, you hit the nail with the head with Sony, with their 4k now becoming 8k televisions, because now we, I may have mentioned this earlier with you off, off recording about the cognitive processor that Sony, which they, I saw in the presser, they put emphasis on and the whole idea of the, and my friend Chandler and I, we were conversing about this earlier this week. What's the key difference about Sony's cognitive processor? I, and I communicated to him as I read word for word from the Sony website, it it's basically an intelligence processor that's AI driven, that is well, basically machine learning, that it's a chip that understands, that takes picture, depth, or however you want to say it, as we've been talking about earlier, put that mm-hmm. all together to bring you a clear quality picture. It, see how we're, we're bleeding into a discussion about how uh, processors, silicon is now more important in a TV now that we've reached 4k. Yes. And that, that that's hit mass market. The processor is more important. The AI, the machine learning, how it handles certain scenes and then calibrates the colors from there. The depth, the depth of field, the shadows based almost on, feels like, on the screen. Almost feels like you remember like on the iPhone, especially I saw this in the iPhone. I believe it's 10, the iPhone 10, mm-hmm. even to 11 and 12 now where they take the, they take the best image or they take they take all your images that you took at that same time with the same picture and then apple determines it like the phone or the the chip determines what is the best picture that you'll be able to display i believe i got did i get that right i'm not it, that's the basis of how the technology works and what's special about apple is they'll look at things like the sky right yes and they'll they'll have they'll have uh a version of the photo that you just, it all happens in a split second when you hit yes. the shutter button, but they'll have a version of the sky. That's really overexposed. That's way too white. They'll have yes. one that's really oversaturated. That's way too blue. And then the machine learning steps in combines all those images, picks out the best based image where everything's balanced. It's not, it's looks like a pro raw image, right? Cause it's not very saturated. The colors yes. are, are very muted, but then it takes the overexposed image, the underexposed image, 
the layer masked image using things like LIDAR. And then it can start to shade in textures and shadows and calibrate the exposure just right. So that you have this incredible dynamic range on things like the sky. Yes. And, and, and that's where it's, it's been really difficult for other phone manufacturers to do that with their cameras. Pixel does a great job um, that they're the only ones that even come close. Right. Yes. And Sony is working on that and it's a premium yeah, and product it, and it's being applied at, at the, at, at the level of a television. Yes. Which is, is awesome because the, te- the television's doing the, the thinking for me. I can't wait to see this being applied to, to things like games, how yes. it's, how it's going to calibrate my screen for a video game. Maybe, yes. maybe the shadows look more defined. Maybe the sky just looks a little bit more realistic, has a little more depth to it because of how the, the monitor is intelligently analyzing what's on the screen and then calibrating the, the, the color uh, for that. Yes. And I, I say color broadly, but it, there's a <laughs> lot of different factors and we could be here all day Yes, and I can nerd out with you, but I know yeah. we don't have all the time in the world. No, of course. <laughs> so let's get into switching gears from Samsung. Now on to, we touched a little bit on Sony TVs, mm-hmm. but let's talk about the PS, the PlayStation 5, which everyone wants to get a hands on. Sony, we talked about the PS five and they're coming in colors, not the standard black and white anymore. They have, and the black and black it's now they come in colors now. Yes. And now they're also focusing on virtual reality VR. Let's touch on that. And the PlayStation five, I finally say finally for those who love PlayStation will now, will now see it in different colors, like yes. red, yellow, different colors that I got to see. It was hard for me to, I, I always tend to forget. I, I forget in two days yeah. what I, I I'm overwhelmed at what I saw at on the show. Yeah, there's a, there, <laughs> there's a red, black, yeah. blue, purple. Um, and, and that yes. joins the, the, the standard white. Yes. I'm going to say off white color array. I was actually able to secure a PlayStation over the holiday season. Yes. And, and I have, I have all eyes on that red controller. I think it's beautiful. It's, it's one of those deep, uh, deep reds that I, I just, I really love. Indeed. I think it's a pleasant it's very, I'll be looking I, to get my hands on one of those. And then now they're going to include virtual VR. Yes. And, that, and that's the more exciting thing. Forget about colors, right? Yes. You have uh PS VR two. Yes. And they previewed that at the Sony keynote. Um, we're seeing things like foveated rendering, uh, iris tracking. So the, you don't need to turn your head to look a certain direction in the game. You can actually just dart your eyes. Yes. And that's where we start to see the, the, the gap, uh, between what's real and what isn't start to start to shrink a little bit. Right. It just feels a little bit more realistic because you never, you don't, it's, it feels a little less like something strapped to your head and more like you're just looking around. A lot yes. more natural. And that is um, something that Sony in theory. Right. And that that's something that Sony talked about in the presser. And of course, we can go on and on about it. And it will be and part of virtual reality. Uh, VR is the metaverse. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But let's talk about the Vision S1 sedan and the S2 SUV. Let me talk about the mega trend of mobility. Another way we can connect people 
We unveil the VisionNest prototype here at CES in 2020 with the goal of contributing to the evolution of mobility. The human need for mobility will continue. And there is an opportunity to satisfy both people's desire to move safely and to be entertained. The excitement we received after the announcement of Vision Nest encouraged us, really encouraged us to further consider how we can bring creativity and technology to change the experience of moving from one place to another. A new prototype SUV. Vision Nest has been developed on the foundation of safety, adaptability, and entertainment. Safety has been our number one priority in developing a comfortable mobility experience. That has not changed when building this SUV. A total of 40 sensors, including Sony's CMOS image sensors, are installed inside and outside the vehicle to monitor safety. In terms of adaptability, the VisionNest prototype is equipped with network connectivity, which allows us to build a vehicle that continuously evolves. It also makes it possible to personalize the cabin for each user. And with 5G, it enables high-speed, high-capacity, and low-latency connection between the in-vehicle system and the cloud. The VisionNest also evolves mobility as an entertainment space and features our 360 reality audio, gaming experiences, and Bravia Core for VisionNest a fully integrated digital video service. We have learned more about mobility through our exploration of VisionNest and from the various partners who have supported these efforts. With the imaging and sensing, cloud, 5G, and entertainment technologies combined with the content mastery. We believe Sony is well positioned as a creative entertainment company to redefine mobility. That being said, I'm excited to announce this spring, we are establishing a new company, Sony Mobility Inc. to accelerate these efforts. And we are exploring a commercial launch of Sony's EV. <laughs> Sony Mobility Inc. will harness the potential of mobility utilizing our AI and robotics. This is a bold step into the future bringing our expertise in creating diverse and innovative solutions to the world. So my thoughts behind it, 
with the S1 and the S2. I have to say, Sony, you know, yeah, everyone's talking about the Apple car. Mm -hmm. Sony really already has a physical vehicle on display, two vehicles to be exact. I think they're really going all in with the electrification and the whole thing about the Sony car, as we've been hearing about. This is something that may become more than just a concept. I think they're I think we may see this on the road in five years. And what I know about it is that, yeah, you have the driver experience, which the driver will have uh, experience. They all they're taught it's electric. It's elect, it's an all electric vehicle. They have plans to make it autonomous. And on top of that, with still the human touch, on top of that, you have all this infotainment or in-car entertainment that is that we've been talking about with the Samsung all digital cockpit all coming into these two vehicles. Go ahead. So an EV vehicle, what, what do you see as the the defining feature, the game changing feature, the competitive advantage, so to speak uh, of this vehicle compared to other vehicles that you saw at CES this year? Great question. So the one thing about the, these two vehicles that I saw was okay one it's electric but two it has to do with the infotainment the car entertainment and sony has been talking about this for years about their sony vehicles and i think it we i think we neglect the fact about how machine learning is going to take as we've been talking about with the Samsung, that's what Sony's working on right now with this S1 and S2. They want Sony, so people want to see something different than just a Ford or a BMW or a Lexus. They want to see a tech company get into the, uh, they want to see beyond the scope of a Tesla or a Lucid that they want to see a tech company get into the car, car industry. This is what I like about Sony. And I'm just realizing that I said an EV vehicle, which is redundant. You just say yes. vehicle twice. <laughs> well, it's but, okay. <laughs> uh, but it, it truly what, is. <laughs> what I love about Sony is this. I love this about Sony. They focus on core technologies. Yes. Samsung is doing these wildly amazing things, right? They're putting, we just talked about it. They're putting the home theater in your car, removable tablets. They're calibrating, they're scanning your face and then calibrating the car to your individual needs. That's great. That feels like the future, right? There was something I forgot to touch on, but there was something I forgot to touch on. The, about the Samsung one, I want to track back a little bit. They, you could activate the car with the whole and i'm pretty sure you saw this with the with your galaxy phone and your phone will be able to that's how it will recognize you going back to sony they're doing the same thing too sony's doing the same thing too yes and and to, to my point what i love about sony is they're focused on nailing the core technologies yes sony is saying you know before we add all these bells and whistles that are way ahead of our time Let's really try to nail, let's work toward autonomous driving. Let's put all our eggs in one basket, so to speak, toward the things that are most important, like nailing the, the, the AI necessary to, to do some of these things. Well, think about it. We spend more time in our cars as equally as we spend time in our work and, and at home. So exactly. our, car, our cars are like our home. Yeah. And, and, and I think uh, people tend to, to think that, 
okay, Sony products aren't as feature rich as Samsung products. And I know it's, yes. it's wild comparing these two because they make very different products. This is one instance where we're comparing cars, but that's, that's really one of the most, the, what's really special to me about Sony is they stay insanely focused on, on core technologies and they end up delivering a, a, a well-rounded product that look at the PlayStation that lasts long, that has, various different applications that remains powerful, uh, years later. And, and I, I think that's, that's what I love about Sony. And switching to that Hyundai is working on the whole Hyundai Mobis and the autonomous vehicle, and they're getting involved with the metaverse too. And Hyundai. So the, the one thing I, I saw yesterday at, at the Hyundai, uh, exhibit, was the whole idea where robotics, AI, autonomous vehicles, even the Mobis. I was really impressed what I saw there. And Hyundai is really going all in with autonomous vehicles and robotics, just for your information. What did, what did you see that really wowed you? One of the things that wowed me is the whole idea about, well, on the Mobis side, it is small and compact, the vehicle, and it's autonomous. And it's like a it's basically like a video game, but inside a car in real, a real moment. So basically, you know, got, and I'm hearing this year that Hyundai wants to apply robotics to everything, right? They want robots yes. in the house doing your dishes and your laundry for you, Correct. things like that. Um, what, what is your impression of, of, of these robots? Do you think robots, they'll have a place right? in our home? They will. I, I do believe I'm, well, I have a robot. I have a robot vacuum. <laughs> That's, That's, a just right? That's just the beginning. And on top of that, I have AI with Alexa. I don't want to activate her. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I, I'm already seeing that we're, I don't know if you saw the movie or the film with Will Smith, I robot. Uh, and I feel like we're going to reach to that point where we're going to see that happening. Uh, sooner than you think. And interesting. Uh, yeah. And with Hyundai, I have not seen that film. I probably shouldn't watch that. Oh, film. trust me. You should. <laughs> the Hyundai robotics part of it, you know, they have a robot dog that will be able to deliver packages for you. And they also have a, co a concepted vehicle that they will feature human transport pods uh, that is robotic autonomous. They also have a package transport. Uh, that will deliver, you know, I don't know if you saw like the Amazon robots that are on your neighborhood where they deliver packages to you. That's, mm -hmm. like, huh, that's what Hyundai is doing the same thing with the logistics on that standpoint to deliver packages. Oh my gosh. It's so science fiction. Bronze to say that. <laughs> uh, I know we're getting into the weeds here. Oh my gosh. What I really want to know Kevin is yes. if I order a pizza in the future, yes. right. And, it, yes. and a drone is delivering it. How are they going to keep it warm? That's a great question. That's, I don't, a, that's a great question. That is a great question. I don't know the answer. <laughs> Hyundai knows that question. I know other, other tech up. The only answer I know that I can get to you is the whole idea of piloting it. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have experts to pilot these drones or these robots. Or, imagine or, like Domino's hiring a drone expert. Yeah. And the funny thing <laughs> is, is that the USPS will have an autonomous vehicle, which I'm about to see later today, where they'll be able to deliver mail to you. I have to say, you know, as cool as that is, that it, that it's an EV, 
right? Yes. That looks like something straight out of the Goofy movie. Yes. Doesn't it? Yes, it does. It looks like a cartoon. Yes, it does. It's got this really is, is wild. Like it looks well, like the glass on the front's eight feet tall. Well, thanks to COVID, that whole human interaction with a robot goes away. Basically, that goes away because what I mean by that is that I was going to get into the touch where the Hyundai is bringing in like a robot where that you'll be able to check in with through that robot and yeah, like old, a bellhop, like a bellhop, and yeah. then they'll do. And I'm like, huh? I don't, at least I don't have to tip. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you tip a robot or some oil? Yeah. Do you want crypto with that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's really what's going on with Hyundai, with the Hyundai Mobis and the Hyundai Robotics. They're really investing all in, not just an autonomous vehicle robotics, but they're investing also all in with the metaverse, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, so let's switch gears. Let's talk about the metaverse. Metaverse. Yes. And remember I said the one company that is in here is Meta and a company that is in here, but everybody's talking about it. It's like, I wouldn't say it's a side of contradiction, but I feel like these companies have to fill in the gaps for a company that should have talked about this to begin with here at CES about I think Metaverse. I think I'm one of those people that believes that 2022 will be defined by uh, the metaverse by crypto and by NFTs. A lot of that stuff was still, as you stated, very much in its infancy last year. Yes. We're going to see this, these things start to pick up this year. That's what I believe. Those are some of my predictions. Yes. Now you look at things, Samsung has a very different approach to this. <laughs> They're yes. building uh, sort of an NFT trading post into their new 8K television. That's which, been the talk of the I town thought, too, the NFTs. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Uh, a lot of people are are kind of dismissing this as a joke. What 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 are yes. your thoughts on this? I mean, it's kind of like okay, an NFT Silk Road. And you right? asked Built me yes. You asked me this yes. So you asked me two days ago. What are my thoughts about the whole idea about the metaverse and NFTs? Okay, after being here for a week at CES, I would say if you're not embracing the now of the future which is the whole idea of the metaverse, which I saw mm -hmm. foresee where, and especially when it comes to businesses and retail and events that we're at, I would say if for those who don't know what NFTs are, they are, they are, it is a Coinbase, it's crypto and it's basically digital currency. Uh, and the idea of where we're going out with the metaverse is we're going to be living in a world like the matrix mm -hmm. not plugging into our heads like the years past with the matrix films i mean we're going to be with the oculus quest 2 or go ahead and, and that's one of the things i tell people is a lot of people say well how do i you know explain this like i'm five right you've seen that reddit thread yes um, it's all it's hard to, and that's funny and we're going to touch on that right now is with all this technology going on right now how are people going to embrace it how are they going to it's exactly. Like the age and, of five. And, <laughs> and NFTs uh, what is take this? place and they're <laughs> like, it's, it's a form, like you said, it's, it's a form of crypto. It stands for non-fungible token. It's this decentralized thing that floats around on the internet and the NFTs aim to provide a sense of ownership in a decentralized world. 
Yes. Right. So this, this thing exists in, in a blockchain or blockchains. Yes. Uh, and, and it, it can be minted. It can be created. You can seek ownership of an NFT. You can pay crypto. You can, in exchange for, uh, an NFT. Well, I do have crypto. I don't have crypto at this moment, but I'm actually trading. So to be quite frank, I haven't minted it, but I do have plans to mint it. <laughs> the metaverse, a lot of people are thinking it's going to be like this, yes. this ready player one stuff, right? Where, yes. again, like you said, we're going to plug into our goggles. And, That's a and, great example. You know, ready player and, one. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to live in this alternate world. And it's, I don't think it's, it's going to be uh, as scary as people are making it out to be. No. I really think it's going to be like going online. Like how we say, Hey, you know, Hey, I'm going online. I'm going on Instagram. I think it'll be just as mundane as that. It just won't be so one dimensional. Instagram is let's look at photos. Facebook is let's look at status updates and maybe some photos. It's tweets is let's look at, you know, what people have to say in 140 characters or less. It won't be so one, one sided. It won't be so one dimensional as far as what the focus of these platforms are. Facebook says that it imagines a future where you hold the same avatar. You have your crypto wallet that you carry around with you and you, you move from venue to venue and you, you are the same person and you meet people and you create things and you play games. Yes. And I want to zero in on games because I have, I have direct experience with, I had Oculus quest Two. uh, since it came out, I was one of yes. the first ones to uh, adopt it. I had the yes. original Quest as well, but Oculus Quest 2 is really where the technology starts to ramp up. You have things like a, a um, 120 hertz refresh rate um, that, that are making things feel more lifelike. There's less latency. Yes. Um, but all, all that tech aside, bells and whistles, what I'm really seeing is, and I love that you keep using the word infancy because that's really what it is. Pretty it's, much. Uh, a lot of this stuff is, I'm going to be honest with you, Kevin, it's awkward. I've really tried to- How do you say it awkward? To, I don't get it. <laughs> it's very awkward. You, This whole idea of adopting the metaverse, right? It's yes. it's kind of like going to a party and then not knowing anyone there or a blind date. It's that feeling, right? Of, of, yes. Of, uh, you're, you're anxious. So I- Almost I've, like Ready I've, Player One. Where yeah, <laughs> I've, I've tried to- uh, I, I really want to dive deep on this and figure out what the metaverse means, what it's going to be, what it's like. And so I've tried all these different apps, uh, horizon venues, uh, a, a big screen, a number of these where you can gather and watch content with friends, create things, play games. They have rec room, uh, different apps and you go in and I think you start to zero in on the challenges that Facebook face faces because they do want you to have one avatar and bounce between one app and another. Do you feel like there's going to be some barriers of entry for this? Yeah. And, and you can see them clearly right now. It feels so segmented. Yeah. So when you get in, in that's in why it's Oculus, like a trend you, right now. That's why it's like, yeah, you make a, a you make an avatar and you want to be able to take that avatar and just hop into different games. But each game has its own system. Right. It's completely different. Microsoft it's, it's tried to separate, do that. Yeah. A separate it's, it's so decentralized. Everybody has a separate avatar system, a separate, uh, uh, game mechanic uh, as far as a way that you walk around, that you move your arms. Well, do you remember when Microsoft, do you remember when Microsoft did the connect deal with the avatar? And yes, that was, that that felt like 
how it should be. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, that was it did it. Nobody, it was too expensive to add the other equipment, which is the connect part. But I think we now, I think it was just too ahead of its time. Micro that was too ahead of ahead of Microsoft's time or technology altogether. The, the bottom line is it is just a segmented experience. It is. You have to learn something new and you look completely different. And you can't, it's very difficult to bring the same friends from one game to the next, not even just games, but one activity to the next. Maybe you want to watch a show together, or maybe yes. you want to be in horizon worlds yes. and you want to build something together. This starts bleeding into the NFTs we were talking about. This will be the year that I think, uh, virtual reality has hit, uh, a price point, a point of adoption yes. where we'll start to see people create more in the metaverse. We'll see, uh, the minting of NFTs completely through the, the lens of an Oculus of, right. of a, a virtual reality. So my headset. question to you is this, Brom, as we get into, let's converse about the online retail and e-commerce of it, as we, especially when it coincides with the whole idea of the metaverse and, mm -hmm. and in reality altogether, general life altogether, primarily the read, how, how is the world, how should the world embrace the metaverse, especially it's so new, it's, it, it's infant and especially on the online retail side or retail side of it. Like it's so, it's so difficult because it's almost like an in-game currency. Yes. Remember like when, when all this Farmville stuff was new. Oh yeah. And, and it really, it feels like that. And you, you, the, the beginnings of the app store yes. and in-app purchases, I'm paying real money for fake coins in the game. It yes. definitely feels like that. And that's not what crypto is, right? No. Far from it. So, so about this, like this. So it's like, imagine my avatar, myself. I don't even have to go to a physical Best Buy or a, or a restaurant. Oh, that's kind of weird. I have to eat food anyways. Um, <laughs> basically, Forget food. We're talking about like, if you want to buy, go to Target virtually. Imagine going to like a Target or a Best Buy or Walmart with, with, as your avatar and you don't even have to drive. Yeah. You're just walking through the aisles and whatever you, you, you pick, you and can the, add it to a virtual car and it's delivered to you. Yes, exactly. And in a blink of an eye. And that's where we're going right now. That's where retail is going at this moment. And I think the reason why we're headed in that direction, it, you, you look at things, you look at things like Amazon and yes. it's point and click, right? Yes. And it's, it's, it's the whole impulse by, uh, atmosphere that's driven by algorithms now by offering up the right product at the right time. If you can get people into a space where they feel like now, again, in the metaverse, they're walking through a physical store, the opportunity, you can show them much more in a, in a virtual space than you can on a web page. Most yes. people go to Amazon or any online store with a mission, with a purpose. They know what they're going to buy. And maybe they see some related items, but it's much easier to get their attention in a space that feels immersive and therefore right. you want to use it. I feel like and I'm going to use this word. I feel like the, the whole idea about the metaverse and retail is going to be a, a niche because mm -hmm. you still, especially when you want to try out the clothes and yes. yeah, it, yeah, it looks great on me as an avatar, but what about me in person? <laughs> what does it look like? And that's where that AR comes into place and that machine learning with AI. And I think in, I think 2022 
again, as these devices become more affordable, yes, we'll see we'll see full market saturation, nearly full market saturation of uh, of virtual reality. Yes, more people will be using it now than ever, uh, ever before. But that's just virtual reality. Yes. And virtual reality is great. You can play yes. games, you can talk to people, you can watch videos, but where it really starts to, to change people's lives. And as we've, the pandemic's morphed us into this, this hybrid work format, yes. we start to value things like productivity more than we do games. And we do reportedly again, is this is, this is Apple. So you have no idea, but what I'm hearing from insiders is Apple remains really focused on, uh, on, on mixed reality. Yes. That is the fact that you're, you, you know, you're not putting on, um, an Oculus, a, a, a mask or some goggles, yes. you're putting on glasses, right. And you have a, a hybrid version of, of AR and VR. You can interact with apps, uh, and games and objects. And they look like they're in the real world. They look like they're in front of you. And Something that's similar why... to what we see. Have you seen that movie Swan song? It's I on have Apple not TV plus. I have not. Um, that movie is being commended by interface designers worldwide because they're saying this is a very realistic interpretation of, oh gosh, of what mixed reality will, will be like. Okay. And they, they, they hired real UI designers to do this, wow. what it would look like uh, in the movie. And, and you start to see once we bridge that gap where uh, things mm -hmm. feel like they're actually in the room with us, yes. that's when we can start getting productive. And what's great about companies like Apple, a lot of people are saying yes. it's your move now, Apple, because everybody's doing yes, VR. Yes, that's what right? I always, I communicated that earlier. It's Apple's move. Yeah. yeah, it's your move now. And what Apple's done a really great job of, they laid the groundwork. They have yes. tons of different technologies like ARKit that yes. are already built into the phone. So they know how to, they, they've mastered the art of making through the lens of your phone, right? Mm -hmm. Or your tablet of making objects feel like they're actually in the real world. And that's the basis of mixed reality. When you combine the two and it feels like it's right in front of you, look, look at how, like how projectors you start, we're, we're seeing, we talked about the freestyle yes. having a hundred inch screen in front of you. That's good enough <laughs> oh. for most people. You're less likely to buy a television now. Yes, you can. Have, you, can you can have the TV. You <laughs> That's want what was my thought behind that too. Yeah. So, so this is really something, and I and I know Apple knows this. They know it's gonna it's gonna cannibalize. Do you think they're watching? Do you think they're watching what's going on at CES? Definitely, and and they have people walking around CES constantly. Reps that that are undercover. A lot of people don't know this, but you take a look. This is a great story. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna kill you for that watch. <laughs> Yeah. The, a lot of people yeah. don't know this. This is, this is out there. It's published in yeah. books and things right. like that. Tony right. Fidel has it in his book. Of course. Uh, CES, Apple sends representatives, they're undercover, the iPod, right? A thousand songs in your pocket. Huge deal. Yes. Changed the industry was because a representative from Apple was walking around CES found this, this booth from a nobody company, a startup that was making ultra thin, ultra compact hard drives. Yes. And that was the basis of the iPod. One of those employees took home a hard drive some, from CES, from this company, this no name startup and said, look at this. It's a, it's a tiny hard drive mm -hmm. and imagine what we can do with this. Yes. And that was, that became the basis of the iPod. 
So again, where I always say, and I've said this so many times, it's about core technologies. Yes. Apple definitely has a presence at CES. You just don't feel it because they're not showing off their products. Did that startup researching what's new? Did that startup get credit for that anyways by Apple or did Apple give credit to that startup? No, (laughs) they did not. And it's because uh, they discovered the technology there and then they improved upon it. Back then, you you mean, you couldn't fit a thousand songs in this hard drive. And that's why we're only fit a couple megabytes. Apple took that idea and improved upon it. And that's where you ended up with the iPod. But now it never came to them, had one guy been walking around CES and, and, you know, and found that. And now in 2022, we live in a world of intellectual property IP now and trademarks now. And that's why these companies, even small or large are being careful with, especially with the brands that they, like if a big corporation wants to partner with you, or you want to partner with a big corporation, you have to make sure you sign in a a disclosure agreement or an IP and all of that. We can go on and on with the legalities of it, but that's not the whole point of it. Well, and look at, look at, Look at the Pixel 6 yes. that uh, released just a little over a month ago. Yes. You you have features uh, like the Magic Eraser, yes. where you can drag your finger over an object and it just deletes it from the scene. Then it uses machine learning like a sign on top of a hill. Maybe it looks ugly. You <laughs> yeah. go over it with your finger and it smooths <laughs> out the hill, right? So wow. that the hill looks normal. There's no you, you can't see that a sign was ever there. Apple's had that for years. We've yes. been doing it since since uh, iPad Air two. Yes. Um, but the bottom line is we discussed this earlier. Apple's been doing that for years in a third party app. It wasn't yeah. built into the camera app, and now no. Google Google has that you know registered and trademarked and so on and so forth. And so now we may never see that in the no. in the iPhone uh, camera app or photo app. And 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 so again, it's it's like you said, it's a constant. Uh, Yes. Constant struggle of each company, one, uh, one upping the other. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if, I don't know how people are, I think people are sick and tired of it, I guess. I don't know. Um, Well, well, that's, and that's the thing. It ends up you rampant technology and that's what the metaverse is now. That's the perfect, it's two word explanation of it. Rampant technology with no focus. Yes. Just proof of concept. Yes. is is offers a very segmented experience for the user it's very frustrating yes. and therefore if people aren't as quick to as adopt it to aren't as quick to adopt it and we've, we're seeing the adoption of vr vast adoption but yes. we're not seeing the vast adoption of the metaverse yet and then and that's because we're still trying to standardize uh how how people will experience the metaverse and what's concerning about that is you have a company like Meta, aka Facebook, at the helm. So weird. They don't value things that. like privacy. Yeah. yeah. And you start to look at look at what PlayStation is supposedly already going to do in their PSVR yeah. two. Yes. They're monitoring your your pupils. Yes. Look at what Facebook could do with that kind of information. Indeed. We know that our pupils dilate when we look at things that that, that we're fond of that we like. Mm. Look at how Facebook can monetize that information. Maybe I'm shopping online and now it knows what ads to show me because my pupil dilates when I look yeah. at a picture of an iPhone or something. You know, it, it's it's really going to. It didn't be cross my mind until you said privacy it. concern. Yeah, it didn't cross my mind until you mentioned it, and I was like, oh gosh, okay. Facebook but, is the comp is is, and I can go on and on about yeah. how terrible they are and the and the decisions they make. But and this is this is a huge thing. But what can when you say I or do? Yeah. 
when I purchased an Oculus, the first mm-hmm. one, not the Oculus Quest 2, yes. there was an agreement that you, you pushed. I agree when you bought it. And it said, we will never force you to connect your Facebook account to an Oculus. Push agree here. You will make an Oculus account. You can have your Oculus account be completely independent of your Facebook yes. for privacy reasons. And you clicked yes. agree and you said, that's great. And a year later, the Quest 2 is out and Facebook, a Facebook account is required. Yes. And so you see how they break promises and it's, there's, there's no reason for that other than um, it's, they want to violate your privacy so they can collect more data on you so that they can make more money. It's in, and that's a whole conversation on big data for another day, another time, but it shows you how they break promises. It shows you there's no other reason to force people to use a Facebook account. And there was already, they built a whole infrastructure of servers just for people to use Oculus accounts and now And that's, and that's going to affect a lot when you're, when it comes to retail, because all that conversation has been talked about, or especially this week about privacy and how retailers have to get into the whole metaverse. And it's, but see, as a, for myself, and I'm about to announce this right now here in our podcast, uh, my plans for Melcher Jets right now, for those who don't know, being that this is a podcast by Melcher Jets Stream Vacations, we are looking to getting into the retail space, physically retail space, like a pop-up. And right now, the, the reason why I can't say the name at this moment, because we're in the process of trademarking it of the name as well as the, so we're going to go through a lot of IPs with that, but the main thing is, yeah, it's really exciting. It's all about travel and with the retail part of it, it's going to be weird because I, whenever I go shopping, I, 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 I like the virtual standpoint of it, but I also want to do the physical part of it too, because mm-hmm. I want to feel and touch the product rather than virtually seeing it on, on me. And so that that's my two cents on it. That's my comment about it is that I rather see I'll accept the NFT, which is the digital coin, like crypto. Yes. But I'll use that as my currency over the dollar. And when, if I do the physical, I already saw it at resorts world in Las Vegas, they're accepting NFTs right now. And that's interesting. Yes, they are. And so you're able to buy and trade or will you buy and and purchase with NFTs? So that's a first that I've seen at a Las Vegas property. Uh, so I wonder if my kids will be putting pictures of monkeys into slot machines and then winning crypto. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't had firsthand experience of it yet. In another time, maybe, uh, maybe today, maybe when I come back to Las Vegas, but when I have the time, but it's something that I, I saw that they had a kiosk for it. So it's really interesting, interesting. which seg- which segues to you, Brom, as we're getting closer to the end here of our podcast, you, we taught, we're a travel show. Yes. And let's talk about the top five travel gear that you handpicked yourself. Let's talk about it. Ready? Yes, I am ready to we, share it with you. We finally reached to this part. <laughs> you were like, oh my gosh. You guys are talking about, trust me, we, we love, when it comes to technology, there's, I feel like there's no, it's unlimited talk, but of course we have to stay on point here with time. And I respect everybody's time here. So it's as weekly as you 
let's talk about the top five travel gear must-haves for tech enthusiasts and, and or Apple user by you. So I, I call it the top five tech products for Apple adventurers. Yes, go ahead. For the, the wonderful segue. Yes. Um, my number one pick here is, of course, the MagSafe Duo charger. Yes. Now, this is a charger for your phone, for Qi charging or MagSafe charging and your Apple Watch. So a lot of people uh, say this, this is just for Apple folks. No, it, it works with Qi charging as well. So you can lay your Android phone. Yes, on here and charge Lord. it as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's $129. I've seen it as low as $99 on Best Buy. Okay. And what's great about this charger is it folds into this compact uh, wallet sized uh, dual charger. So it's a base station and you can consolidate cords too, because there's only one adapter and one cord required to charge both your phone and mm-hmm. your smartwatch, your Apple watch in this case. Um, and and I just love this, this, uh, this charger and it really helps uh, as far as consolidating space in, yes. in your suitcase or a day bag. And my second pick is AirPods Pro. And a lot of people are saying, are you really recommending to me a pair of headphones from 2019? Yes, I am. <laughs> they're, still, they're still that good. And they were actually recently. Just I'm, a laughing few because ago, it's, I, I'm laughing because my Air, I need to get new AirPods. Yeah. <laughs> This is still a great product. And then Apple even enhanced it just a few months ago in 2021 Mm. uh, to adopt MagSafe compatibility. Wow. So gone are the days of trying to charge your wireless headphones and searching on the wireless charging pad where to place it. You know, you place it one place, not quite reaching the charger. You have to kind of fiddle with it. That's gone. It'll auto align to the charger. You'll get the best charging speeds the moment you lay it down on the charger. And you're wow. enjoying the convenience of wireless charging. Now these have a hefty price tag; they're two hundred forty-nine dollars. Yes. But I've seen them as low as one hundred and fifty-nine dollars on Amazon, mm-hmm. which is awesome because one hundred fifty-nine is the price of a regular pair of AirPods. So you're getting the pro version of these for the price of the regular one. So keep your eyes out for those sales. How effective is that noise cancellation and that it's, spatial audio? It is phenomenal. This is the, these are the pair of headphones. This is the pair of headphones that I carry on flights. Okay. Uh, Cause it really, it cancels out the noise of the engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's, what's truly amazing about this, and this was issued as a software update for yeah. free. I can't believe it uh, is spatial audio. So if I built right. Yeah. So if I yell at cool. you, so if I yell at you or, you or I have a crying baby crying at you, will you hear that <laughs> crying baby? The baby would probably <laughs> come over because this is all machine learning built. So it actually, we can get into the tech there, which is yeah. fun. So I mean, um, I mean, like if I have like a crying baby, I would say, Brom, here's a crying baby. Can you hear that crying baby? <laughs> it, it depends on how close it is. Again, the, the algorithm does better. I'm just, I'm just yanking your, anti- I'm just yanking your chain there. <laughs> it, the algorithm does a better job of, of creating anti-noise and that's okay. the basis of noise cancellation for, uh, sounds that are consistent. So the hum of an airplane or a car, it's, it's better at canceling out that noise than any irregular noise, like a baby crying that comes in at different frequencies. But that's an important question. Um, spatial (laughs) audio, um, is also is, was issued as a software update free to these AirPods pros. Um, Mm -hmm. and this is really cool because it's like surround sound cinema in your pocket. So whether you have a 
uh, an iPhone or an iPad. You're going to watch a movie on the plane. It feels like you're sitting in an IMAX theater and as you turn your head, it'll actually adapt the sound to whatever you're watching. It feels like you're, you you got the best seat in the house uh, when it comes to to sound that works with Dolby Atmos and everything else calibrates it just how it needs to be. That is unbelievable. Now the air tag. Yeah. My number three pick uh, for this show is the air tag. Now it sells for $29 yes. uh, for one air tag or $99 for a four pack. Uh, I've seen them as low as $24 at Best Buy, a few mm-hmm. bucks off uh, for just one air tag. But the big deal here is precision finding. So this is what makes air tag yeah, explain that any to, other, yeah, explain any that. other tracker. Mm-hmm. It's it's really fun. So it's kind of a, a sort of a compass-like interface, and this works on the iPhone 11 and later. So mm-hmm. if you have an iPhone 11 or newer, um, you can use this, and it uses this ultra wideband technology to help you precisely track an object. So you face it; kind of looks like a compass interface again, yes. and it'll help point you into the direction of your object if you're within range, and you'll 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 be able to find it in no time. The great thing I love about this is when you're traveling, a lot of people check their bags and so on and so forth. You'll and they lose luggage lose a bag again. Yeah. You'll never lose a bag again. And what the, what's awesome about this is it, it pinpoints the location of the object by pinging other Apple devices, other iPhones, Apple watches, and, and these are all over the globe. So there's, there's almost no chance that you'll lose your object and you get very precise track or lose a luggage. Yeah. Yeah. Or lose, yeah. Lose your luggage. Well, that's a number one thing. And it's funny how we're touching on that air tag about and luggages. Did you know the, the number one cost factor well the expense for a traveler is lost luggage and i believe it and imagine presenting that that app that you have on your iphone and and it's tagged you and it's like hey united hey delta hey american you lost my luggage but guess what i have the app to show you you did lose my luggage exactly and i'll show you exactly where it's at yes and like you said, it's it. This could be the difference between you know. Say it would save a lot of money. Your bag, yeah, you lose your bag with all your camera equipment in it, or your MacBook that has that printed presentation you need for work, and you're trying to make that flight. This this could be a lifesaver. And again, as low as twenty four dollars at Best Buy, it's a no brainer. Indeed, and you don't even need a strap; just stick it into a pocket in your on your suitcase. A lot of people think they need to get fancy with the strap. Yeah, just stick it in there. It'll work just as, as it's intended. Indeed. And number four, you, the snap on phone, which you showed me earlier, explain that. Yeah. So you, you've had some, some hands-on time with this since I showed it to you. Yeah. Um, it, this, this is called the Moft that's M O F T phone stand and, and wallet, uh, snap on and it's $29, but I've seen it as low as $18 on Amazon. And in my opinion, it's a steal because this thing is game changing for me. It's kind of like a smart cover for your mm-hmm. iPhone. Mm-hmm. So it snaps on with MagSafe for iPhone 12 and later. And if you have an older iPhone, uh, they sell a version that has a, a sticky adhesive uh, attachment on the back for, for, for the older models. Awesome. But what's great about this, is it has this origami style. Mm-hmm. And so it folds out to create a convenient stand for joining a Zoom call or watching videos on a flight. You can prop it up on your desk. Um, uh, or on the tray table during a flight and watch a movie yes. and join a zoom call. 
Um, and you don't have to fold it all the way. You can use it as a phone grip uh, when your hands are full. So if you got your hands full, you're carrying lots of bags at the airport, you can hook your fingers right through it and you don't have to worry about having your hands full and dropping your phone. Wow. And number five, you say the Cocoon CPG 7BK gridded. Yeah, and it's this is this is a specific version of the the cocoon grid. It if you Google this, it'll come up. If you if you type it on Amazon, the cocoon that's C O C O O N grid it. Um, If you type it in its accessory organizer, you can find it for as low as fifteen dollars on Amazon, which is a steal. It's really it's really affordable, and it could be a lifesaver. Prevents me from losing things. And I tell people when it comes to cable management. Do not overcomplicate it. This is just a thin panel of woven elastic, and it's assembled in this weave layout, this unique structure. So Mm -hmm. it tightly secures all of your cords, all of your chargers, storage drives, anything else that you might have without adding bulk to your bag because it's just a a thin sleeve. It looks like a computer Um, bag. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like a computer bag, but it's, it's about the... It's about the thickness of a manila envelope and, and you can, you can stick it in your bag and secure all of your chargers, your cords, a pair of headphones, wired headphones, if you still use those. And and this is, this is just absolutely a no brainer. And it isn't just exclusive to Apple. You can use it for camera equipment, store your lenses in there. I love to stick my Apple watch bands in there. Yes. Um, and carry a few for the trip and match them with different outfits and so on. But um, this, this to me is everybody should have one of these. It's great at keeping one. track of all of your little knickknacks, right. cords, dongles, and, and they, they snap securely into this. They don't add bulk to your, to your bag and you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about losing things. Wow. All right. So to recap your top five products, for Apple Adventures, especially those who are traveling, number f- one is the MagSafe Dual Charger. Number two is the Buy Air- is the AirPods Pro. Number three is the AirTag. Number four is the Snap-on Phone Stand-on Wallet, and number five is the Cocoon Accessory Organizer. Really yes. cool, must-haves, especially when you're going to a foreign country. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So thank you so much for that. In Las Vegas, it is always on. From showtime to go time, to play that back in slow-mo time. It's five square miles and then some of heart racing, post-pounding, barely catch your breath time. Ready for the spotlight. Come ready to play. Because there's only one place. You are never on the sidelines. Las Vegas. The greatest arena on earth. And now we finally reached the conclusion of our show, of our podcast. And I'm going to do this in the combination of two things into one. Okay. And 2022 in technology, and we may have touched on this here and there. What are your expectations and what are you looking forward to 
in 2022 for technology? Uh, for 2022, I am looking forward to the the rise of mixed reality so we can start to get truly productive in VR, in AR. Um, that's what mixed reality is, is the combination of the two. And I think that's what bridges the gap between what's just entertainment and gaming and what is productivity through the lens of products like the Oculus or, or even something like glasses. Should Apple come into the sphere with something like that? Um, I particularly see uh, even wider adoption with EVs. Um, that's That will be huge this year. Yes, and indeed. of course, the star of the show is the metaverse. And I don't think it's 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 it'll be as drastic as people say. Again, it, we won't say, hey, guys, I'll see you in an hour. I'm going into the metaverse. Yes. I'm going online. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're going online. You're experiencing the Internet in a different way. A lot of people talk about Web3 and how it's all about mm -hmm crypto uh, and NFTs yes. and the metaverse. That's what Web3 is, is experiencing the web in an entirely different way, a much yes. more immersive way. It'll be it'll be more social. We won't yes. be communicating through comments and photos anymore. We'll be no. talking to each other. We'll be meeting people. Like how we're like me and you, like me, how me and you are interacting right now. Yeah, and it, look, think about this podcast. This podcast, we could have recorded it in the, metaverse, in the metaverse, in something yeah. like like uh, um, uh, Horizon Meetings, yes, I, I believe it's called. It's not out yet, but it's in beta. If you apply, okay, <laughs> uh, okay. And you can you can host a podcast through there through Zoom, and me and you could feel like we're in the same room together. We could have avatars. We could be looking at each other, and and we don't understand yet what that gives way to yes. would our conversation feel more natural or would it feel more awkward if we're just staring at caricatures of each other we don't know that it was yet. an awkward i first saw you when i first met you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, that'll definitely be something that people will start to experience yes. in 2022 i think we'll do a lot more creating in the metaverse a lot more minting so to speak of of, of things like nfts yes. uh, than we did in years prior years prior it was just about uh entertainment and gaming we were watching a lot we were playing together and we'll still do a lot of that but this year i think we'll create even more awesome as as things like the oculus become more affordable and Firstly, for me, what I'm expecting in 2022, well, especially what I'm looking forward and expecting at the same time is the metaverse. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the number one thing that, that's on top of my head is the metaverse. Yeah, you have these televisions and you have the freestyle and you have all these mobile devices. But the star of the show, like you said, and, I, and I'm on the same page as you, is the metaverse. That's what I'm expecting. And yeah, some people are going to say it's a trend. But personally, mm -hmm. for me, it doesn't become a trend when it becomes a necessity, uh, especially for online retailers like myself and those in travel. Obviously, in travel, we were, we're experience driven. But why not experience it in the metaverse, too? And, you know, I can imagine where, you know, from where you stand, uh, having someone uh, kind of like the Black Mirror episodes. Yes. Have you seen those? Right, where no, they put on a pair of goggles and they're and they're touring. A, they're with a real estate agent and they're touring yes. the house. Yes, I could definitely see uh, tour. They already have that apps like Wander. You can tour 
travel destinations in VR. You can you can look at, at landmarks and wonders of the world and and imagine what it would be like to be there. Of course, nothing compares to being there in person and seeing it through goggles. And I agree. Just a step closer makes you want to go there. And especially how that especially how when that someone is applied. right, and especially when someone is unable physically to go to the to these places. Mm-hmm. And that's the benefit. That's the added benefit too. And Brom, yes. What are your favorite travel destinations, and what is your dream vacation? You know, I haven't done a lot of traveling recently, specifically because of the pandemic. But I, I did. Get About years chance. prior, <laughs> yeah, years prior. Um, in 2021, actually, I did get the chance to to tour. Uh, Seattle a bit and I and I love the scene down there. I'm a huge coffee fanatic, so I felt right at home wow. uh with espresso on every corner, uh mm-hmm. seafood. It, it was just totally my my dream. Um I love being close to the water. Um, Yay. Yeah, snow we teach we toured uh Snoqualmie Falls a little bit and then so it, we we just had a blast. Wow. And that, so that was a great uh family trip. Mm-hmm. Um and, and definitely somewhere where I, I could see myself uh, dwelling in the future. I don't know why I, I, I chose the word dwelling, but that's just how it's I feel. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and please don't, as, please don't include the metaverse. I'm talking about yeah. physically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, as far as a dream vacation, uh, yes. I still want to make, make a, make my way out to, um, to New Zealand. Ooh, I definitely want to see okay. New Zealand. I'm a New huge Zealand. Lord of the Rings fan. I want to see the filming locations. My precious. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that was really good. <laughs> See, there you, yeah, there you go, Gollum. <laughs> yes, I can tell you. That's one there. of the ones I'm famous for. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! People keep telling me I have to take it on the road. You should impressions. <laughs> you could do it in Las Vegas. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. That is a really good impression. What else do you do? <laughs> oh, it's too many I'm, for this show. Too many for this show. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I love about travel. And this is what I love about technology. And everybody who's listening, we have now traveled to the world of technology with Brom Shank. And as this journey comes to an end, I have to say thank you so much, Brom, for coming on board on this long journey of technology, especially when this is a special one. This is the first episode of season three. Can you believe it? I can. That's amazing. We've been on for three seasons long now, and this is That's impressive. terrific, Kevin. Yes. I'm glad that I could join you for the, the premiere episode for season three. Yes. That's exciting. Exclusively. And, and for those who are lis- listening, we... Brahm and I, we were conversing a night before we, well, last night and doing our full run through of this show, because mm-hmm. this is how special this show is, especially when it's technology driven. When there's so much aesthetic, well, I wouldn't say aesthetics, when there's so much logistics, I, well, I wouldn't say logistics, but there's so much things that we had to talk about in a golly in an over two hour deal and, <laughs> and you know me and you me and you find find common ground in our passion for technology uh, it's it's vast uh, applications and yes. i'm just glad that i get to share that that positive energy with you kevin indeed thank you, thank for having you me on. of course and brom where can we find you 
you can find me uh, most importantly on Instagram and Twitter at tech render. That's the word tech and then render. We abbreviate a little bit. So tech and then render R N D R Go ahead and type that in. You can find tech render on social media. I also have my personal account at Bromshank. That's B-R-A-H-M-S-H-A-N-K. And there you can find out more about Carbon Consulting and my digital marketing company. Yes. And on top of that, if you have, if you're wanting to ask questions for Brom, you could send him a message to him into the social media platform. You do respond, right? <laughs> I do. I respond to every message. Awesome. And also you can find here on MJDV Travel Podcast, Meltzer Jets Dream Vacation Travel Podcast. You can find us at www.meltzerjets.com. I was going to say Dream Vacation. Actually, meltzerjets.com. And we have channels where you can visit on us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and Meta, Facebook. That's where you can find us. Also, we're also on... LinkedIn. So you can find us on there too. And Google, Google my business as well. So with that being said, I'm Kevin Melchior and Brom Shank. Thank you so much for having us. I'm really losing my words today. I don't know why. Too much excitement. (laughs) Too much excitement. (laughs) That's what editing's for, right? (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, thank you so much, Brom, for bringing us on board and taking us on a journey of technology. Thank you. I get to, I get to live again vicariously through you as you traverse the, the, the monster that is CES. Yes. And next year, come join me. I, I'm trying. <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll make it happen. Well, thank you so much, everybody. And we'll see you on our next podcast show here at MJDV Travel Podcast. Happy travels, everybody. Bye.